All right, well, welcome back to another Re-Education Experience podcast with me, your host, Darren Langell. Today, I brought on a fellow podcast host by the name of Jay Pitts. Jay Pitts is a friend of mine back in my Tom Ferry coaching days, and he is also a podcast host. So we thought it would be a fantastic opportunity to have both of us who come from similar backgrounds, top producers, team leaders, broker owners, and then now we've kind of created our voice here in the podcast audio world to share a little bit about what that means to us in this business, and maybe for you listening, why audio may be something you may want to consider. So what you'll be hearing today is a conversation we had on his resource podcast, which is Real Talk About Real Estate. So as mentioned earlier, Jay is a practicing agent. He is a team leader. He's also a brokerage owner, and he has been through an incredible journey in his business. So he's one that has so much knowledge, and he's doing that like what I do in my own brokerages, share a lot of it and transfer the knowledge onward. So he's going to be a fantastic leader to listen to here today. He's again from the Louisville, Kentucky area. So this is a massively different market than what I have here up in Calgary, Alberta. But for many of you listening across North America, his market may feel actually more at home than what I talk about here within the Calgary and area real estate market. So without further ado, what I'm going to do is play his intro clip to the resource podcast. And then we're going to go right in to as he introduces me into the conversation. Enjoy. I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. It's going well. I'm excited. We finally got this uh, accomplished. So I'm excited to be here, sir. Uh, one thing that Darren and I have in common, aside from being um, lovers of of growth, of you know improvement, self improvement, all of those things, Darren's also uh, a bit of a life hacker. I know that uh, a bit of a health hacker. He might he might talk to you about those shades he's got on. I, I watched a very intriguing TikTok about his his life hacks that he's got going on the other day. Maybe we'll talk about that. But but. Darren and I share the experience of being a podcast host, and I thought it would be interesting today as I see a number of real estate agents in my space, in my office even, you know, venturing into the world of podcasting, telling their story through podcasting, connecting with clients, connecting with other real estate agents. Um, it, I certainly count it as something that is instrumental to my growth as a real estate broker, as a team leader, et cetera. Uh, and I know Darren does as well. Darren is the host of the Re-Education Experience. It's an agent-facing podcast, much like us here at Resource, um, where he does you know, coaching inspiration and you know, just teaching more than anything for real estate agents. Um, also similar, he, he hosts a podcast that he's completed one season of called Live Love Local, which is a consumer facing podcast where he interviews inter, uh, influencers, you know, successful types throughout his local market. So Darren, I guess really just to kick things off, and I thought about the answer to this question myself, um, so maybe I'll add to it, but I'd love to hear your perspective. What's the single biggest impact that a, being a podcast host has had on your, not just business, but life. Is that too broad for you? Nope, nope. That's a, we can dive into this one in a few reasons. I think maybe like you, when I started this journey, 
I, I was actually, you know, we're in real estate, we're our own bosses, right? There's nobody yeah. accountable to that we're, you know, our wives maybe, but really they, they kind of believe us when we do, we say we're doing what we're supposed to do. And as a business owner, uh, I, I kind of wanted this self accountability to challenge myself to, to, you know, show that I'm learning, show that I'm like experiencing and I could teach it back to my agents. Uh, and by being a host, it, it really leveled up my personal accountability around the things that I'm maybe like this, listening to somebody else or YouTubing or being like you and I uh, met through Tom Ferry coaching, actually putting it into practice. Um, if you can't teach it, you don't know it. And uh, that's one of the biggest things that I find week in, week out when I'm sitting behind the mic preparing to provide some value to the world. So true. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, maybe to take it even a, just a half step further, and I know that this is probably something that you've experienced as well, it's a challenge. Now, you know, they, they count what? Fear, you know, on the scale of, of fears and how they impact people, public speaking is like one rung above death. Um, and, and somehow I've become comfortable with public speaking, but this is something entirely different. You know, putting yourself out there, this lives on. There is this, there is a record of this that you can never get away. You say something into this mic and it's out there forever. And just being able to codify my thoughts, um, feeling like I had a voice. I always felt like I had a voice, but I never before the podcast took the concerted effort um, to, sh to share it enough. You know, I mean, my inner circle maybe, but publicly almost never. And that challenge was huge. Um, to make people that paid attention to what I do say, wow, he can do that? Like that, I was addicted to it instantly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when somebody just hears, of course, you've got this like podcast, it feels like it's this kind of whoa, way out there type of thing. And, and at first, I even had this like a little gut check, even though I, I run, I think in our market, we're about the 12th or 13th largest yeah. uh, brokerage, there's 300 brokerages in my market. And I still felt like, well, who's going to listen to me, right? And mm -hmm. uh, you kind of get a little bit like, wow, okay, you put a podcast out there. And you're like, Am I qualified to do this? But the reality is we all, you know, we've built some authority, right? And oh, you've got to own that. And finally, like you did, step outside of your team leadership and brokerage ownership. I felt, you know, I had a voice that maybe my agents uh, have tuned out a little bit <laughs> and week in, week out. But there was a larger body of agents that I could support, right? And, uh, and sometimes even, it's funny, my agents will consume my content via the podcast more so than showing up for the brokerage meeting just because maybe it's easier right the audio in their car at the gym and i'm catching them probably more often now because of this other outlet oh absolutely i kind of stole my question a little bit uh or the answer to the question maybe, maybe i'll just ask it anyway because I, and and i'll preface it with that was my answer to this question what is for me the most surprising aspect of starting the podcast was that it fell so closely in line with the training that I was doing and how many people engaged with it that would not engage in other ways that I would try to deliver content. I found that my messaging was always quite 
quite similar, right? I'd show up on Monday, I'd do a team meeting, a theme starts to develop, right? Tuesday, Wednesday, it marinates, record a podcast episode over a similar episode, hit a hit crescendo at the end of the week with another large brokerage training and the same themes. And what I, what I start, you know, you see the same faces. I'm sure, I'm sure it is like this. I've been around realtors my whole life. The same agents show up to the meetings in person all the time. And the ones that never show up will never show up. And that doesn't mean they're disengaged necessarily, especially that that was the most surprising thing for me is those were the ones that were listening to the podcast the most and they would quote it back to me. And I just assumed at, at first that they were disengaged or they didn't feel like it was for them, but then they, they consume it in another way. So that was my greatest surprise benefit to the podcast. What's your greatest surprise benefit? Yeah, the uh, that, that's a great one for one. Um, the other thing too, you mentioned about living on, and I look back through just the downloads and the views on the podcast, and I go back to some of the original episodes, and I don't do very much promotion on this. This is really a true passion project for me, kind of level myself up, force myself, like I said, to get better as a trainer, as a speaker, to the people that I can impact. When I go back, you see people scroll back in weeks and weeks and weeks to consume stuff as it relates to their business, right? So you might have somebody on in this agent to agent guest world that's focused on TikTok and your group of agents has nothing, don't care right now. But in three months, half of them are starting to think about it and they'll go back to these episodes because you built this place of trust. And that actually is something that really hit me was, wow, this content is powerful now if they're live and staying present with us every week, but it's also just as present and powerful because it's a legacy that they can go pull back to and it's a library. Um, and it's kind of interesting to see people um, use our content in that level of um, kind of care and, and respect. And that's been a big aha for me. Um, not so worried about the published downloads and the views. Now it's irrelevant. It's the overtime consumption that gets me excited that there was something of value put out to the world and it continues to give. Absolutely. I, uh, I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, I knew there was going to be a lot of synergy, but I feel like you're speaking my words for me. Um, I, I had a couple of very defined and stated objectives. You know, I'm, I'm at this and I, I waited in very easy. I had a very talented co-host for a long time. And not only was he, talented at production. Um, he, he had a lot of skills that he was really good on the mic, um, had an incredible voice. Um, made me, made me look bad. And in, in some respects he was, he sounded so good, but he had this way of prompting me to get my message out. Right. Sometimes he challenged me. Sometimes he, he poked the bear, so to speak. But, um, I waited in with, with, you know, a, a lot of comfort because of, you know, his ability to, to steer the ship and allow me to, to, to find my voice. The, my most recent was much more of a challenge learning how to carry time by myself and fill silence in a way that was interesting. But I came in with the stated objectives. I wanted to become this pie in the sky thought of a dominant real estate podcast, like bigger pockets is for investing or that kind of thing. Right. And there wasn't one that exists still isn't to my knowledge. Um, there's, there's, a, there's probably, you know, a thousand or more shows like 
like the ones that we do. Um, very, very functional, very viable in their own right. But we're, we're not getting, I, I don't know about you, I'm not getting huge numbers. I get the numbers that I want. I don't pay to promote. Um, nobody's going to be paying to advertise unless they're like a, a local partner that, you know, uh, really wants access to me anytime soon. But I had this like, you know, pie in the sky idea. And that was, you know, something that I very quickly realized wasn't my passion. Um, but I wanted to establish myself as the go-to person in our market um, for real estate knowledge, right? And I saw the consumer, although they were never the subject of the audience, I saw them as somewhat of an audience at that point. And that has come to fruition. I wanted to m set myself apart as a broker owner and I wanted to have a recruiting, you know, bump as a result that has absolutely materialized. And I wanted to make myself the go-to person regionally for referral business, right? Thinking that other agents may consume my content. And when I was made it a focus of bringing on Darren guests more like yourself that were relevant regionally and nationally, Tom Ferry, Chris Smith, you know, Jay Thompson from Zillow when he was, when he was there, I had, when I had higher profile guests, uh, I did get regional and national listenership. Um, but, but I can imagine that your journey somewhat like mine has not gone exactly the way you expected. Um, and I'm, I'm interested in hearing more about that because mine has almost solely become a training and leadership mentorship type podcast. Right. I speak to agents in my market. In fact, we were originally re resourced Real Talk About Real Estate. Now we're Real, real Talk About Louisville Real Estate. We added our local market name in it to reflect the idea that this is about us and having success here. So I guess tell me a little bit, how, how has it been less, um, how has it been different than you expected maybe? Give me just quickly if you don't mind i mean yeah. it doesn't have to be drawn out well if you look out to into my history i, I think i'm on 20 the 24th episode of mine is going to launch on friday um and again just like you um, i started it as a solo episode style thing um i didn't start with the guest model i had the idea that guests would come and uh pulling into people like yourself to bring value beyond my own personal experience and teaching Right. I mean, our, our, my agents get me all the time. Right. And they have me on one on one coaching and they have all that. But the rest of the world and people I'm looking to impact, they, they don't generally have that level of ongoing proactive coaching. Right. If you think of the typical realtor at the typical brokerage really is on an island all by themselves. Right. They're in the big ocean swimming. Right. And not everybody gets the benefit from like a local leader like you um, or, or in our case, we have a really strong culture. So I really felt that I had something to share. And for me, um, I haven't pulled it to a local place like you. Like I saw that you, you saw your transition there. And, and I think it's because our red line entity, we're now pulling across the nation um, and probably into the US based on our recent changes at our company. So I'm, I'm looking to just get to that broader group of realtors that could take value. Um, and we have 300 plus brokerages in our market, a lot of independent onesie twosies, a few team-based, and then a whole bunch of big national franchise models where, again, the agents are left on their own. So I really felt like, hey, it's time to put this out there and see if we can drive, you know, if we can help coach more realtors, they'll get better at their craft. And then if they get better at their craft, 
the industry looks better than as a whole. And I, I'm kind of like this, I don't know, feel like the, this utopia that I have this ability to maybe put my little dent to raise up the industry. And I do that inside our red line walls, but also with, with a voice like this, because I want our industry to be continued to look on well and better and not worse with a lot of the disruptions that keep coming our way and try to kind of steal our cooking, if you know what I mean. Sure. Absolutely. I, I literally, you know, we were a little a little late in getting started here today because I was in a, in a recruiting meeting that just ran long. And and one of the concerns was a, a gentleman moving. I won't digress too much with this, but gentleman moving industries. And one of his concerns, you know, he's drawn in a lot of ways to the real estate industry. But one of his concerns is his peer group does not look upon realtors in a terribly favorable fashion. And he heard that we were different. He wanted to come see for himself. Um, he would be a new to the industry type, you know, type real estate agent. And I think by the end of the conversation, um, he saw how we could make, make a significant difference in people's lives. And that, that I've been very, very much addicted to as a leader, as a mentor, as a broker, um, is just, you know, kind of, kind of being a caretaker of that, you know, that, that, um, that reputation that in some ways ranks just maybe slightly above a used car salesman or an ambulance chasing attorney type, you know? Uh, so, so actually some of the best uh, agents, and this maybe doesn't help the cause, but some of the best agents at my office have come from the car sales world um, because they learn those skill sets of just interaction. The biggest change they've had to make is it's this is a long tail business, right? This is yeah. a relationship business, not a get you before they leave the door business. Right. And, uh, but yeah, but I think you're right. I mean, I don't know. I. I love the chase. Um, I love the uh, the ability to connect as a realtor one on one while you're helping somebody through a life transition. Sure. That's that's that doesn't go away as a team leader. And I'm not doing the production that I used to do just as a solo agent growing my team. But now these little moments where an agent can reach back and say, "Hey, I tried that strategy out," or "I love what so and so guest said," and I put it into practice. That stuff, I don't know, that gets me like the goosebumps. That's the stuff that I think wakes me up every day to find that I've made an impact. And that's, I think, why I care to do this so much, right? It's locally and then everybody else. Um, because again, there's no one way to do this business. So. No, I, to I am in total agreement. I, I don't like you. I don't do the production that I once did. Um, but I've found myself, the way I was addicted to making a difference for my clients when I was sh showing houses at all hours or, or taking listings or negotiating deals and multiple offers, I find that same, I scratch that same itch in helping people live better lives through a career in real estate. And that's been incredible. So, um, Darren, I know, I know that this is, you know, something we're doing, you know, as a collaboration today. And I don't want to like... I know I've kind of uh, dominated the first portion as we sit here, but I'd be remiss if I didn't yield the floor to you. I know you've got some questions, maybe put me on the hot seat a little bit. Maybe we can take another, you know, another few minutes and see what, if you can't maybe stump the chump on, on, on this direction, what do you think? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. All the right. question I had for you, cause I've, I mean, you were doing this before I was doing this. And again, I've, I've respected you as a leader and a, and a full out real estate pro for years. Uh, and plus, you do have a great voice, by the way. So you shouldn't have <laughs> never felt like whoever your co-host was must have been like Barry White. Dude, or something. he was great. 
<laughs> he was great. I mean, and you know, it's like he he's a uh, it's just one of those guys. He has impossibly good hair, like handsome young dude. He's like 10 years younger than me. So like, you know, the gray in the beard, like, you know, I've got that going for me, too. But he, he stands up and plays acoustic guitar and sings in front of like 5000 people in church. And he's got a great he's got a great radio voice. So, you know, anyway. amazing. Yeah. So, OK, I forgot. I, I concede he, he wins. <laughs> The question I had for you that I, that I was excited to chat with you about is, again, you've done a bunch of these solo shows. You've taught a lot of folks. I mean, there's been a lot thrown at us in this business, right, with the social media platforms, the rise of all these short-form video. But then there's the traditional ways for which realtors continue to dominate their circles of influence and their spheres. I mean, as you've taught, heard, brought guests on, what are some of the themes that continue to rise to the top about why and how realtors continue succeeding in such, I mean, a distraction filled world? Like it's, I don't know, I have a hard time getting agents to do something consistently for, for a period of time so yeah. they can generate results because they think there's this magic pill. There's this redeployed efforts that is coming. So I'd love to just grill in to see like, what are you finding still today at the end of 2021 is still driving home true revenue for realtors. We, we are still, okay, and, and I am a proponent of lead sources, inbound marketing, ways to grab attention. Um, I've always seen what we do as a matter of two endeavors. Um, and, and I don't know if this is technical marketing, you know, like 101 or 401, whatever. But I always see it as two, two endeavors when it comes to finding business. There is direct response marketing and there is brand engagement marketing. And I think a healthy business has some of both. Okay. Now I witness agents, seasoned agents in my market that are 100% brand engagement. It's all past clients, sphere of influence, and you know just you know friend of friend if they do anything it's an event if they do anything it's a mailer to their past clients um and that's there's a place for that and it definitely yields results as a progressive organization that believes in in direct response also um to drive new relationships we remain 60 percent sphere of influence and past client, okay? So that is tried and true, and there there is no substitute for investing your personal self into your clients. Um, there is no degrees of separation. Um, I'm not a big closing gift person. I think in a lot of cases they're contrived. Um, I don't wanna show up with a bottle of wine unless it's a special bottle of wine. Right. I don't want to show up with a bottle of bourbon unless it is a special bottle of bourbon. Right. I don't want to be the person that does something to do it. I want to be the person that does something to make an impact. Right. So when it comes to my network, I coach on and I personally do things that grab attention. I would be the I would come closer to like coming over after a walkthrough and there is something preventing the closing and doing it, my, mopping the floors, 
I would be come closer to mopping the floors than showing up with a $50 gift card to some random restaurant, right? Like I'd rather do that. And I teach my agents to do it. Like, for example, I had an agent literally the other day that got in her car, grabbed, picked up her client and drove to Nashville three hours away because her bank was a Wells Fargo branch. We don't have those in Louisville and they would not wire more than $10,000 per day. And she drove her to pick up a $70,000 cashier's check so the closing didn't have to get delayed six days. Like that's an impact on your, right. that is something that lady will never forget. So I, I believe in that, but I also believe in a healthy amount of interjecting new people into your world that you wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet otherwise. And I think that there are several platforms that yield that sort of opportunity now. And, you know, I, I think they're expensive. Okay. But as long as you run your numbers the right way and you understand what's profitable and what's not, and that you're investing more for the long term than you are for right now and today, I think that, um, I think that there's a place for it. I've, I've, very simple math, Darren. I believe a client's second time using you is 400, potential 400% of the revenue of the first time. And I, the way I've done that math, and you, you guys have way higher numbers than us. We're, we're small numbers here, small sales prices. So, but let's yeah. say you sell somebody uh, a $150,000 house, which is a cheap house here, okay? Less, less than market median. In five years, they come back, that house is worth 250. They buy a 450, because every, most everybody is a move up purchase, you know, a great percentage of them. So you get two sides, not one, and you get, you know, you get 450 plus 250 instead of 150. When you adjust for fallout rate, you get about 4X the revenue the second time they work with you. So, even if I have to give away a lot of dollars up front to get that lead, that 150, or I have to pay a big referral fee to a home light or what have you, um, it's still worth it because I'm banking on year seven when I'm still in the business and they repeat with me. Yeah, you know what? That's a great point. And I, and I, and I love the way you set that up pretty simply between direct response and like that personal brand and engagement. And I love how you carry that through. Um, the reality is, I mean, to continue with the sphere of influence, your past client list, there's, you know, there's a s sequence of events that you got to keep doing to stay present, to have mind share, to stay top of mind. Um, so it's a lot of effort, but a lot of agents, I mean, yes, 60% is great. We have agents in our body that are 90% and that's where they go. And I always think, okay, here's the opportunity now for an agent to kind of play the other game, right? Well, how about if the lead comes into your world where you're not having to always chase for it and now you're playing a conversion game and not always finding a new game and some like you said the home lights um you know referral based websites you know agent to agent referral networks or even just paying for leads just the fact that it's landing in your lap without you having to go get it is a nice kind of weight off your shoulders because now you can convert to conversion versus always chasing. And I think that that's a healthy dynamic that a lot of agents um, need to kind of play out as they're building out their plans. Um, very cool. And I love that authenticity of just like make it an impact moment, a wow moment, like make, the, make do it for, 
you know, not do it to be remembered, but by just naturally having your ear on the ground and doing beyond the transaction, not just facilitating something within the transaction that you kind of feel you should do. Yeah. But like, I read something the other day, it was in this old sales book, like from the 90s. And it was something to the effect of, um, what are you doing to build trust beyond the actual act of doing the piece of business? Okay. Right. And that's where you're the care that comes in about some of these three hour trips or, you know, reaching out because of a personal thing that you saw was going on beyond this big life change that's happening in the transaction. Sure. I, I, I mean, I could cite a number of examples. I mean, but that's just it. Be, being memorable is, is so often aligned with, you know, providing value of, you know, building relationships beyond business. It's just, it, it, you know, I, I, I sold somebody an entry level home, um, m you know, modest price. And throughout the course of showing these people homes, the wife had expressed how she's a, she loves champagne, good champagne, but she didn't have the money to buy really expensive champagne. I come, I show up with a $300, $300 bottle of champagne, but like if I paid for a $50 closing gift for every, every client that I didn't have a connection with that didn't make a difference, it would be a little harder to justify a $300 gift that makes a really big impact. But you know, and it just so happens, not that I did it for that reason, but that client's referred me probably 12 clients since then. But it's just about, it's just about caring enough to notice. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's a business plan just around that. Um, and the reality, like I use this term, like don't let one equal one. Just don't let it happen. So many agents focus on the transaction and then they get busy and then they even focus more just on the transaction. And then they, they're saying, well, all right, the valley, I'm in the valley, Darren. I, I got no more business. Well, it's because you, you, you had a transaction-based mindset for your busy season and you've missed all these opportunities to turn one equal to two to three to four to five. And like you're saying, that doesn't have to be when they buy again in five years. You can make one equal five inside the, the transaction itself based on just selective action taking by being a realtor that's present to this to the journey that you're on, right? Like the, yeah. the pre-marketing, the launch marketing, the post-marketing, the, I mean, I use the term called regrowth, right? Where it's like monetizing the success of the current position that you're in supporting a client's, you know, buy or sell. And, right. and man, that's when the ROI on care and the ROI on intention to the present day transaction can completely flip your life uh, overnight as a realtor. Absolutely. I, I, uh, I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, there's just, there's so many opportunities. You just have to, you have to look for them. You have to look for those opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and you're switching over. I mean, I, I wrote this thing down when I was just thinking of some prep notes and about this whole idea of a podcast and not everybody needs to start a podcast who's listening to this, but right. it's this ability because of the platforms we all have, like to launch a podcast like this actually is way easier than you would think, right? It's it the really more and the, the thought process behind it that takes the effort and the, and the consistency. But because of the voice, you, so we have this ability to be a voice, which can then be used to build your voice, right? So if you just force your way into this audio world or in, in any, it could be the short form content, you are building this place of authority um, that your clients, even though 
your clients will start to notice. They'll see that you're leveling up your game. And that in itself is never a call to action, but it just levels you up as a realtor in your local marketplace. So I, I mean, I think as agents listen to this and they've heard hosting a podcast and it might seem a bit beyond where they want to go with their business and you and I are just spitballing about it, but that ability to just to be a voice and allow that to start building your voice um, will will honor your business in a huge way. What do you have to say about that? I I agree. Um, we and I'm sure there are businesses similar. I know the the particular company, and I'll, I guess I'll shout them here. Speakeasy Podcast Network is a business. Wayne Media. They're here in Louisville, and they've got an office in Michigan. Um, I've had a number of my agents since what the perceived success. I won't say it is or isn't success. I think it's successful. I'm not, you know, it's, it's not a national podcast, but the, the perceived and actual success of resource, I've had a number of my agents come to me with the idea of potentially starting podcast. And, and I've encouraged all of them because like you said, execution is easier than you think, especially with a company like, like speakeasy. Uh, they have, they have a studio, you pay them a set amount each month, you get a set amount of time, they handle all the distribution, they can even handle the social marketing and the budget management if you, if you prefer. Um, but the truth is, we, we are in an industry that is, has some notoriety, right? People in, are interested in real estate, they're interested in buying, selling, investing real estate. It's very voyeuristic in nature, but anyone who's worked with a really good real estate agent, um, I think has probably had the thought of what would it be like to be a real estate agent? The one, one in particular that's of my agents that's executed is a mom of four. Her podcast is titled Messy Success because you know her life is quite chaotic. She has this massive real estate practice. 100 plus transactions a year personally, seven, eight agents on her team, four kids, very busy. And she just makes it work. She's a boss. I mean, this girl kills it. And she gets people all the time that just want to know how she does it all, how she manages it. And so I said, look, take 30 minutes out of your day and go put it on audio. People can listen to it in their car, you know, and um, just that introspection, right? That, that look at what it takes binds people to you, people you don't even know, right? They'll see it on Facebook. They'll see their friends share it on Facebook and they'll think, what's this about? And they'll click on your link and they'll find out what Tracy's all about, right? So using your voice to amplify your voice, I mean, what is it? My dad used to say, start where you stand and better tools will avail themselves, right? And so I just started talking into the mic, man. And, and I didn't know what the heck I was going to say or if anybody was going to pay attention, but it became more clear to me once I'd made the commitment to do it. And there's just too many tools out there now, too many opportunities to amplify your voice that if people like what you have to say, you'll know it. Um, you'll find your tribe, right? Your tribe will find absolutely. you. You'll find your tribe. We all have one. We all have a different take on how this business should go. And we have a different flavor. Um, and with the audio world, it takes away that concern about how's my hair, how's my, how's my makeup, and my, you know, how's my double chin going? Is my angle wrong? Right? I mean, there's so many of that that comes into this business, men and female. Right? We both. Oh, get it. we're both both like it. And uh, that's that leads into this concept of you know, my my other podcast that I, that I, that we were chatting about, Live Love Local, and it was really 
it forced me finally to say, Darren, you need to actually be a little better at your business to business relationships. You're, you know, you might do pretty well with your business consumer. Cause if you look at my history or yours, you'll say, okay, this guy's done okay from a real estate standpoint, but business to business, I always felt I, I left a lot on the table, yeah. right? And I wanted to connect with more business owners. And I know we've seen it through coaching, Tom Ferry, all the stuff about, we've seen people gone out there and just charted these awesome journeys through local businesses, you know, you know, eateries, pubs. Well, this platform is easy to use to then connect. And I can't believe the people that said instantly yes from an Instagram DM that I've never spoken to to says, yes, Darren, I'll come on your podcast. It was like within minutes, it was the, you know, like we talk about the text response rates about how that's so quick versus email. Um, the DMs from like local key influencers, business owners, they have a message that they want out there and you're giving them a chance to go share it. And I'm at, I mean, I could have went bigger. I went to some big names locally and it created, like you said, a little buzz. You bring on a Tom Ferry, you you bring on yeah. a bit of buzz to your local agent to agent podcast. But when it's a community driven podcast, and that might be a place where an agent starts, wow, you will you will not be disappointed if you just simply ask and go out and reach because people want their message out there. Um, so, I mean, I'd love to hear your take on that. Well, I, I yes, um, I, I you know lament that I had not and and we'll reboot and we'll reboot we'll get back to it I did five episodes of a very similar show and I I found it very challenging to schedule um which is it, it was more about me than it was ever about them because I had not made it a big enough priority in my world that I was prepared to you know sacrifice certain things to be available when these very important people were available to me um but I agree. What's I, I'll ask the question, what's more local than real estate? There's nothing. I mean, people people base, you know, their greatest financial decisions on what lifestyle they would like to lead. And, you know, on top of that, we live in a we 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 operate in a very entrepreneurial industry. And so someone that has success in real estate is rooted in local is very appealing to someone who is trying, who has an agenda, right? Like a leadership or a product to sell or a business to, you know, promote that, that is doing big things in a community. They want to ally themselves with successful real estate people to amplify their message. And so I think it, it's a match made in heaven, truthfully, if, and I, I just should have probably made, I, I mean, I had some really good ones and you're right. I could have reached up a lot higher um, you know, you see guys like, um, you know, uh, what's uh, Jimmy in Salt Lake with with Bill? Oh, Jimmy uh, Rex. Yeah. Jimmy Rex, man. Jimmy Rex had, you know, senators and, you know, like celebrities like, I mean, serious. He had Mitt Romney on his podcast. I mean, like I'm thinking, OK, well, um, any way you slice it, whatever your politics are, the man is a United States senator and there are only 50 of those in the United States. That's pretty exclusive, if you ask me. So, um, no, 100. I'm sorry. There's 100. 
50 on each side. But either way, um, that was a big get, and I was quite impressed when I heard that. So maybe maybe I ought to raise, step my game up a little bit. I don't know. We'll have to see. Here's a funny here's a funny thought. So I started a we started a little charity locally uh, charitable like group where we 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 take on local um, garments and we make them and we have this live love local brand and all yeah. the profits go to a local charity and we support the local business. We purchase everything that they would ever need through the local business and then donate them the money. So it's kind of like a double give. And when I was um, starting this and I started to chat with some local, other local podcast hosts, and then they'd say, Darren, well, how'd you get so-and-so on, on that podcast? I said, well, I just asked. Like, that was it. <laughs> he's like, and, and, and instantly he's like, well, you must be doing really well and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I'm just getting going. And all I did was ask. and. It's so funny that, that so much of our business as realtors can come down to that thing. Did you ask or did you just ask for that? Did you did you ask the question? Did you ask for the referral? Did you ask them if they wanted to know about the home that you just sold down the street? Did you ever just ask, just ask. rather than hope that they just mythically came up to you and said, I've got lots of money. I want to buy everything you can. Right. It doesn't really happen. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, one, of the, one of the most asked questions for my agents when they bring me a problem, I say, did you call them? Did, did you call them? And, and immediately when the hands go like this, I go, no, you didn't call them. You text them, that's why you have this problem. Like, it, it's so simple. Like, we live in a world where basic human elements get forgotten just the sound of your voice will sometimes, you know, a DM, you DM because you don't have access, right? You text because you don't have access. You email because you don't have access. You'd much rather look somebody in the eye and say, will you do this? Um, but, but you use those mechanisms to drive interpersonal interactions, which is what really moves the needle for people. So... Darren, this has been great, man. I, I, I think we're, uh, we're up against the clock here. So um, I just want to thank you immensely. Uh, the questions were insightful. Your answers were phenomenal. I love exposing people like you to my audience. Hopefully I brought it enough to make it useful for you as well. Um, with that, I guess we'll close up shop here for the day.